is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, get unstuck nation. Please welcome Debbie Devonair today with me in Get Unstuck Radio. So Debbie is global emotional resilience consultant and holistic counselor um, who guides professional women to take back their control so that they can have courage to live their. Life with their own term that they deserve and decide through heartache approach, which we will study and also get to learn more about it today. Thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today, Debbie. Oh, thank you so much for having me, um, Utita. It is an absolute honor to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm looking forward to speaking with you today. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has. <laughs> Got there eventually, eh? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, things happen, right? But that's okay. That's how we live our life, anyway. Absolutely. So, can you please share with me before we get into the details about how you become a counselor right now? Like, what inspired you to be? Yep. What inspired me to become um, an emotional resilience consultant and holistic counselor was actually my own personal journey through um, my own mental health. I conquered clinical depression and failed three attempts at suicide. When I failed my final um, attempt at suicide, um, I had what I call my oh shit moment. Um, pardon the language, I don't mean to offend, but that's what I call it. <laughs> and um, that was something that was very, very emotional. It was a time in my life when, um, as I say, I kind of hit rock bottom and I was, um, I woke up in the middle of the night till 2am in the morning to be precise. And I woke up very disheveled on top of the bed with an empty wine bottle in my hand, which was in itself very extraordinary because I didn't drink or I would have the odd glass of wine now and again. So that in itself was, was very, you know, not, not the norm for me. And when I kind of got used to the fact that I'd woken up, I realized that my little boy was asleep in the room next door. And at any time through that night, he could have walked in and found me there. And that was quite startling for me. So I sat up in bed and swung my legs round. And as I swung my legs round and faced the bedroom door, my little boy's face was here. Oh call it a vision, an apparition, a ghost, call it whatever you want. But the look on that little boy's face made me realize 
that the thing that I'd been told for so long that I wasn't a fit mother, my son was better off without me, I was the toxic person in his life, was actually not true. The tears running down this little boy's face, the look in his eyes made me realise that my little boy needed his mum. And it still chokes me to this day because I can still see that vision uh, today. And that was the pivot, the turning point for me to go through my own personal transformation. And while I was going through that personal transformation, I realized that even though I was very, very angry when I opened my eyes after my third suicide failure, um, and I became very angry that I'd been saved, I realized through my own transformation that the reason I would, was saved was because I had a purpose on this earth. And that purpose was to guide other women to take back their control so that they could have the freedom to live life on their own terms. And that's why I then went further on in my journey, became um, an emotional resilience consultant and trained to become a holistic counselor. Wow. Can I go a little bit deeper on that detail? Why you felt that way? Why I? You felt that way that like you were not enough, like those. Oh, felt that way. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it kind of goes back um, quite a long way in my life. When I was eight years old, um, I was very badly bullied at school. At the same time, I was emotionally bullied um, in my personal life. And that emotional um, bullying went on for, um, well, quite a lot of my life. I lived in victimhood from the age of eight to the age of 40 something. Um, and it was that um, um, mental abuse that um i was tormented with the language that other people used towards me saying that i wasn't good enough i wouldn't amount to much who the hell did i think i was um i was wasn't a fit mother i was the toxic person in my little boy's life and it, this was kind of thrown at me on um several occasions and different kind of format of the same terminology was thrown at me from a very very early age being um told that i was a mistake i was a hole in a condom and you know always made me think that i wasn't wanted you know i i've really struggled to find my place in the world and that seemed to carry on because i'd kept myself in that victimhood mode it carried on in other areas of my life um when i got married when i had my son it was all still there because i lived in victimhood mode so because i was told uh, repeatedly that my son was better off without me was the reason you know and a lot of people say it's very selfish to try and take your own life but i never saw it like that because in my eyes my son was better off without me so i was going in order to give my son a better life yeah i think stucking in the guilt mode is like very hard to break through like mm. I'm, i'm still in the point where i have to get over the guiltness like i have been through some yeah a lot in the past year and i know the for the fact that the guilt emotion is always mm. like 
coming back, coming back, yeah. coming back. Yeah. And it's very easy to get down, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. So I I think to be emotional resilience, like people say, is very important because sometimes your mind just keep tricking you for no yeah. reason that it's not really you, but they just like trying to give you more comfort zone. Yeah. So that would be amazing. Um, and how how your transformation becomes your career currently then? Um, what happened was I worked very, very hard on, you know, very, very hard on myself to, to push myself. And I was often, when I was going through my transformational journey, I was often told that I was a, a very resilient person, but I never saw that. And I think the reason I never saw, saw it was I didn't really understand what they meant by resilience, mm. you know, other, other than, you know, um, it's you know somebody it's somebody bouncing back you know but resilience is actually a lot deeper than that and a lot more than that resilience is is more about being um being prepared for um to be able to recover from and adapt in the face of your stress your challenges and your adversity mm. so it's a lot about you know having that resilience so that you can you can be prepared for whatever situation you you end up facing and then being able to adapt to that being able to self-regulate so that if you have a stressful situation and you get very anxious and you get the the you know you don't just have the psychological effects but you have the physiological effects as well mm -hmm. where you've got the heart pumping the chest tightening the breathing quite erratic by building your resilience you can actually remove yourself from that state quicker by self-regulating quicker mm. when you build when you build on your resilience um so you're not up there all of the time because i don't think people realize how much stress anxiety depression actually has on the physiology of your body and not just the psycho the psychological side of it all Oh, I'm a living proof right here. <laughs> it was like 10th grade, I guess. My two little finger to side are numb, unknowingly yeah. before I get the exam. And like it's numb. And I was so upset that I couldn't even handle a pen at that time. And how can I practice the law? I was trying to get to the law school at a time. Oh, yeah. I got it though. But like through the sweat and tears with that. Yeah. So through the great determination, which is all part of resilience. Yeah, and I, I think you touched a very nice one that so my mentors always keep telling me that I have to improve my emotional state to be more aware with myself in order to be able to be on my feet every time, whatever happens in my life, regardless. And that's so hard. Like It is very hard. COVID hit how everyone's doing right now, right? And COVID again, second time. Yeah. COVID for the third time. I mean... It's not the used to situation though, but like, how can I do better this time? That yeah. stressed me out actually. Yeah. Well, one of the things I really um, encourage people um, to do who, who come and work with me and, and, and those, you know, who I um, come into contact with daily who are, you know, struggling with the, the stress, the anxiety, the pre depression and the added um influence of covid is to think about um where you are wasting your energy 
So where COVID is concerned, we have no control over COVID. Okay, other than obviously we've now got vaccines coming in and you know, but COVID as a disease, okay, it's it's it doesn't matter what you say or what you do, what actions you take, what thoughts you have, what emotions you allow to take over you will not change the outcome of COVID or other things in your life. You know, I have a, a lot of people who I work with who have mental health issues who are in the benefit system and they find it very difficult to stop wasting their energy on the benefit system. We as individuals have no control over the benefit system. So whatever we say, whatever we do, whatever language we use, the emotions we put on it, the thoughts we put on it, the actions we try and take, we cannot change the outcome of the benefit system. So don't waste your energy on things that you have no control over. Use your energy on the things you can control. Use your energy on the reactions that serve you better than wasting your energy on the reactions that no matter how you react, isn't going to make a difference mm -hmm. because you can't control it. Yeah. And it's about being proactive and not reactive because a lot of the times that we're reactive is because we're actually reacting to something that's out of our control. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean to say that the individual is out of control. It's the situation or the event um, or the thing is out of their control. And that's a huge that's a huge thing for people to differentiate between. Because when I start talking about, you know, things being out of their control, they become reactive and say, I'm not out of control. I'm not saying they are out of control. What I'm saying is they're wasting their energy on subjects or things that they have no control over mm. you know so there is a obviously there is a big difference but people i have to really stress the difference for people sometimes oh yeah that's crystal clear over here so i think this is somehow is it the first pillar the responsibility one um to be honest they don't come in any particular order okay they are written in a particular order in the um the free pdf that um is off on offer for all of your listeners but um when i actually work with people we do um an initial um format that is to find out the current self and that current self will highlight the um emotional pillar or pillars that need to be worked on so it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone has to work through all nine you know most people do to be fair but it, it's not always that they have to work through all nine so they don't necessarily come in any particular order because part of that assessment is finding what they want to prioritize on because um the whole heart act approach is very bespoke okay it has elements that everyone will go through but it's very bespoke to that person because how they react to emotional resilience how they react to events in their life 
will be very different. Mm -hmm. So okay. the hard act approach would focus more on how they react to certain situations. Am I correct? Yes, it's it's looking at their like the life they lead now to the life they want the they really want to live and the, the life that they desire and they deserve. So it takes them through that that journey of where they are now to where they want to be and what is having an influence on them being stuck in the life that they're in today that they don't want to be stuck in. And then what we do is we work through using the um, pillars of emotional resilience, using other strategies and techniques to allow them to become unstuck so that they can go on to the next part of the roadmap and then the next roadmap, et cetera, et cetera. So usually until they get sorry. So usually <laughs> what would be the first pillar that people have to work on, like majority of your clients that have been working with you? Yeah, I would say the they tend to work on things like self-acceptance, self-awareness, and um, self-management, because it's all about the self first. You know, in, in order to be there to um, be a support for someone else, you first have to be there as a support for yourself. You know, <laughs> so we tend to we tend to talk more about self-acceptance and self-awareness first. You know, being being aware of oneself is not just, you know, um, being physically aware, you know, um, a lot of it is being consciously aware consciously aware of your thoughts, consciously aware of your emotions, constantly aware of your actions in any given moment so that you can start changing the moments in your life to become the moments you want them to be rather than the moments that they currently are. Mm -hmm. So you have to change that from yourself. Like you seeing it that you are in that moment and you already shift to the yes. right one and then yes. accordingly not the exactly other. yeah and it's what i call a pattern interrupt mm. so at, at, at the moment you know someone is in a life that they don't want to live but can't see a way out of it because they're repeating the pattern over and over again so once they become self-aware and um and have self-acceptance they can then because each and every one of us can rewire our brain mm. okay um you know you don't have to be a brain surgeon <laughs> to um rewire it okay it's just how you deal with your self-awareness and your self-acceptance you know a lot of people um will say you know um i don't like my arms i don't like my legs i don't like my stomach i don't like my face that you know that is very, very kind of negative and very self-deprecating. So we need to accept ourselves for the way we are right in the right in this moment. Once you start accepting yourself the way you are in the moment, you can change how you want yourself to be. But until you accept yourself, you will always be on the back foot. Mm because it doesn't matter what you what you try and do you're not being honest with yourself because you're not accepting yourself the way you are and a lot of people who struggle um, especially with say weight loss okay and they do the yo-yo diet 
is because they are not accepting themselves for the way they are at that moment. You know, so if you can accept yourself as being, yeah, I accept myself the way I am. Yes, I may be overweight, but I accept myself as being overweight. And then you is then you can start the steps to say, okay, I accept myself, but myself would like to be healthier. Myself would like to be more mobile. You know, myself would like to achieve more in life. So you're accepting the way you are in that given moment, but you are also being aware of yourself that you know you want to make changes. Mm -hmm. And this is how the two go together. Mm -hmm. And I bet you can, you have come across this type of people as well. Those who really high self-aware, like I, I'm like this, therefore I will not do this all the time. Like, are these meaning that they have a self-esteem and also they are aware what they are or who they are very well, therefore they not choose to do things? Um, we all have freedom of choice, okay? Every single one of us have freedom of choice. A lot of um, people don't feel like they have freedom of choice because they allow somebody else to control them, mm. okay? So someone who says, you know, this is what I want in life, this is how I'm going to get it, they are very self-aware, okay? They may not accept themselves fully on all areas of the life, but they may accept themselves on enough areas to be able to have resilience to get them through to the next stage, but the may, you know, self-acceptance and self-awareness is an ongoing part of life, mm -hmm. okay? But it's having the right tools and the right understanding of self-awareness and self-acceptance that makes that journey easier for mm -hmm. some people than it does for others. Mm -hmm. You know, we are always on a journey of up leveling we're always on a journey of curiosity of you know what can i do next or but even those people who are very happy with their lives there will be parts in their lives where they say oh never done that before let's try doing that or i've never done that before let's try doing that you know so they're all, they're very self-aware and they're accepting themselves as the way they are but they're still pushing themselves forward Mm -hmm. you know so it's 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 being aware on all levels and all areas of your life as well so and I, and I think self the, the question you you asked was you know was someone very self-aware and very self you know very self-accepting they possibly are also very good at managing themselves because mm. self-management is key you know to um moving the self-awareness and the self-acceptance moving that on you know being able to to manage yourself taking responsibility for yourself um you know um and really being flexible with yourself as well you know because 
as human beings, we turn ourselves into human doings and sometimes do the human doing that actually doesn't align with the human being that we are. Mm. So it's having that flexibility to say, actually, I'm going to steer in a different direction. And that's where the heart act approach comes in because we are all our own directors of, of our own life. So, you know, we are able to change direction physically, but many struggle to change direction mentally. Mm. And that's where the heart act approach will help with that. Mm. Yeah, I kind of see that picture, like when physically moved so fast, but like, I haven't think about that just yet. Like yeah. my mind haven't gone through that. Yeah. I already run there. Something yeah. Right? Yeah. And what happens is when, when your body takes off and your mind's still back here, this is when you have conflict with yourself. Mm. And what causes a lot of stress, anxiety, and depression because your body's there, but your mind hasn't caught up yet. And you really don't know how to kind of align, align the body and the mind together. And for those who like me myself at the time that I would stress, my mind couldn't stop thinking. Mm -hmm. So actually my body catching up my mind instead in that sense, right? Why yes. Yeah. And that, that's exactly what happens. You know, some people can do the physical bit way ahead and the brain and the mind has to catch up. And some people, the mind is racing ahead of itself and the body can't catch up you know and and this is when you know you may have heard that um when people are um mentally struggling with anxiety stress depression or whatever label you want to put on it or whatever symptom you want to put on it um they have aches and pains in their body and when they face the stress anxiety and depression come through it the aches and pains start to alleviate and that is because of the body and mind not being in aligned with each other mm, that makes sense my mom definitely gonna listen to this episode and, she gonna <laughs> <laughs> and you know when you are if you, if for, to give you an example when you are stressed or anxious okay your physiology will automatically go into itself as a protection mode. So you will automatically curve into yourself because you've gone into protection mode. So if you imagine someone who suffers really badly, say with social anxiety, but know they have to go outside to go to the shops or whatever. Um, so they are constantly going outside, not necessarily hunched, but not, not what, not, the posture isn't in a line the way it should be. So it's, it's all out of sync. That is going to have a detrimental effect on the rest of the body. So you're going to feel aches and pains because you're holding your body in a way that's unnatural to your body. Mm. So it's going to draw on those all, you know, internal, um, veins tendons muscles um to to kind of adjust to the way you are walking or the way you are holding yourself 
So the more stressed you are, a lot of people who are who are really stressed or really depressed have terrible backache. And it causes deterioration because of how you hold your body when while you're stressed. While your mind is going through the stress and anxiety, so you've got that psychology psychological turmoil going on, your body is actually going into its own physiological turmoil. Mm. Because of how you're holding yourself to protect yourself from what's going on in your mind. And how can we at least unwrap it? Okay, I work very much from the heart. Okay, um, I do a lot of mindset work, but I do it from the heart to the mind and not the other way around. Mm. Okay, um, I am a qualified heart math coach, and it's all about techniques that help with your emotions understanding your emotions understanding your feelings and understanding how they have an effect on you holistically okay so that you can start to bring in the techniques and the strategies to change your physiology to change your psychology and a lot of also what goes on is When you are going through the, the, the stress and the anxiety and you're trying to, you know, come out the other side, you're trying to build your resilience, your hormonal and nervous system are all out of sync as well. So when you are stressed, you have the hormone cortisol kicking in and cortisol can hang around in your body for an awful long time. And because of that you find you stay if you don't if you don't try and counteract it you stay in that depressed stressed anxious way longer than is necessary mm. what happens is the other side of the um the scale um which is your um your more kind of positive hormone shall we call it which is DHEA okay that brings in like your happy chemicals like serotonin and um the um endorphins which give you that happy feeling okay they come into your body but they only hang around for five hours cortisol hangs around for a lot more so if you are stuck in that stressful situation and you don't counteract it it's going to have that negative effect on your body where if you can counteract it and bring in the DHEA hormone um, to counteract it you won't you know you won't stay in that state as long you know and part of what we do through the heart act approach is show you how to uh, balance out those those hormones and how to um be kinder and level out what we call your autonomic um, nervous system so that you've got what we call um sympathetic and parasympathetic um emotions going on um so that every, we, we can level everything out so it's got that balance so it's got that coherence which comes with bringing in the elements of the resilience so it builds it builds really it builds What it does is it builds that inner battery that you have 
so that you're building on that energy. So when you do have those stressful situations, you are not going to that stressful situation on a depleted battery. Your battery actually already has some energy in it. So you're not staying in that heightened state for longer than is necessary. So you can self-regulate quicker. It makes sense for me. Like, um, yeah, whatever you say, I came to know about that after I got my blood test in November last year, actually. And I didn't believe it at the very first time that it's about this hormonal thing that I have to start taking the supplement, actually. So they're definitely going to be the holistic approach that you're going to be able to mm -hmm. say, apart from like yeah. in this um, chemist, no, how do you call it? Yeah, chemical. Yeah, chemical medicine. <laughs> But to balance it in reality, like I know for the fact that at that time, like whatever you say is making sense. I definitely, mm. I bet my mom is laughing right now if she doesn't. <laughs> for sure, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah. See, so I when when I when I had my mental health issues, I was diagnosed with clinical depression. And what clinical depression? You know, people can feel low, people can feel sad. Okay, clinical depression is actually an imbalance of chemicals in your brain. It's the imbalance of the stressful chemicals and the happy chemicals. Hmm. And that's what I now promote and guide people and empower people to be able to self-regulate and balance out themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because you don't, I mean, yes, I was put on antidepressants, but I was only on them for three months and I brought myself off them because to me, they were masking what was going on for me. So I took myself off them. And because I took myself off them, I realized how bad I really was and, and, and what work needed to be done. And that was when I was able to balance out my own chemicals, the happy chemicals and the stressful chemicals. Oh, if we're going to go through those, it's going to be a long podcast. I'm gonna <laughs> My journey are crazy. But yeah, I mean, whatever you say, I'm making sense. And I, I experienced the same way, exactly what you described, like exactly. I just go along that step accordingly um, from the stress and then go to physical pain and go to hormone imbalance, got the blood test done. And yeah, um, it's been roller coaster. So yeah, yeah. Um, what would you say to anyone who might know or not knowing themselves to manage themselves better and to balance these things? One of the, one of the first things I um, guide and inspire people to do is to get to know themselves, get to know the aches and pains of the body, get to know what triggers those thoughts get to know what triggers that pain because the thought and the pain can be interrelated so when you understand that when you are in an anxious state because something's triggered you off and suddenly you end up oh my back's killing me but you think, yeah, but today I've been really stressed and really anxious about whatever the trigger was. Okay. You can then say to yourself, right, what do I need to do in order to prepare myself 
for that ne- the next time I'm triggered so that I don't get this back pain. It won't happen after the first time. You know, it will be a, it will be a journey that you have to go on um, because a lot of what's already happened, like for myself, like for example, I have degenerative discs in my back mm. all caused through stress, through anxiety, through my depression. But I know how to deal with that. I don't have a lot of backache because I don't have a lot of stress and anxiety because I know how to deal with it. You know, and it was all of that, all of those years of training my mind, training my heart, training my body to understand what was going on for them all that got me to where I am today to be able to say, right, I'm not going down X road because X road creates this in my physical body. Mm. So I'm not going to I'm not going to go down that psychological pathway because I know that has this effect on the physiology of my body. And that's why I do everything from a holistic standpoint, you know, and a lot of it is the techniques that I teach, um, which start from what we call um, an on-the-go breathing technique, mm. which was created by the HeartMath Institute. Um, and that is once we have done the initial um know where the person is you know that initial you know um where am i today um we then start the journey but the journey starts with that breathing exercise um to show them how you can actually what it does for you how it builds on your resilience and how you can do it anytime anywhere in front of anyone because they won't know you're doing it because you won't have your eyes closed for one. So they won't know you're doing it. (laughs) And one of the the things I really stress to people is this, you know, if you are really struggling with stress, anxiety, depression, start writing down what's in your head. Because at the moment, and, and people laugh at what I'm going to say, but those who are dealing with you know those symptoms they have a head full of spaghetti so it's like a tin of spaghetti and all those strands are all intermingled together and what they need to do is start to take out the strands one strand at a time don't try and get your hand in and take the whole lot of spaghetti out because that's just too much for any person to handle it has to be done. And obviously, it depends on, you see, a lot of people see stress, anxiety, and depression as the cause. Stress, anxiety, and depression are symptoms of a cause. So you have to find the cause in order to stop the symptoms. And a lot of people struggle with that. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of clients who have said to them, you know, so what's the, what, what do you believe is the cause of your anxiety? And the answer I get back nine times out of 10 is my anxiety. Because the, the, a lot of the time it's difficult to face what the trigger is, especially on your own, you know, and, and that's understandable. 
But if people can start writing down and just getting it out of the head and, you know, what the write down doesn't have to make sense. It can be a sentence. It can be a word. It can be two words. And, you know, write it down. You don't have to read it, you know, because sometimes when I've spoken to clients and, and we use this technique, a lot of the times I say to them, don't read what you've written. We'll go over it at your next session. You will come back. Because... <laughs> Because, well, not only that, they've written it down so they can read it out of the book. Because sometimes what you've written down in the book is very hard to face on your own. Mm. And it isn't and it isn't advised to face on your own either. You know, so um, if they feel that strategy would be difficult for them, then don't do it. Don't do it unless you've got a mentor, a counsellor, a coach, or you know someone with you to go to to guide you and hold your hand through that technique because it is a difficult technique for some people, you know, right. to to actually to actually do that. Yeah, that's that's since when I got into therapy and I just understand how important having someone and ask for help. Is oh, absolutely. That if if I can, you know, if I can stress one thing, um, that is to reach out for help, no matter how silly you feel, how self-conscious you feel, you know, choose someone who you know will not judge you because you're already judging yourself too much anyway. And to, to choose somebody who's going to judge you is just only going to escalate that. So choose someone who you know will not be judgmental. And, you know, what I often say to people is each and every one of us have choices. We have the choice to choose life. We have the choice to choose freedom. Most of all, you have the choice to choose you and choose yourself every single day yeah 100 percent. wow yeah yeah that's amazing um i believe everyone who still listening until now will already want to know how to follow your work or how to reach out to you in case they want to work with you so where can they find you then they can find me on um heartact.co.uk they can find me on Facebook on my personal profile. Also, I have the Heart Act Approach business page, but I have just launched my new mission. My mission is to have an impact on 10,000 women's lives. Um, and I've just created the Freedom to Be You community movement on Facebook. So if you just put in um, www.facebook dot com forward slash groups forward slash freedom to be you movement then you can um just answer the questions and come into the movement and you'll see what i do there as well but the website my facebook profiles message me on messenger um there's, there's a lot of places i'm also on linkedin um under debbie debonair as well um, and I, I think I'm on Instagram as Heart Act Approach. Everyone. So there's lots, lots of places yeah. to find me. <laughs> Easy to reach out to Debbie. And, you know, after you listen to all this thing, 
it will be worth it to speak into her. So thank you so much, Debbie, for joining Get Unstuck Radio today and helping people get unstuck in their chaotic things in mind and body right now. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, Matita. Thank you so much. I hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.